0: Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. LifeHouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. Let's dive into the Word. If you're ready to dive into the Word, say, I'm ready. And uh, so the message today is called, what could God do in 2024 if you fasted, if you fasted? Let me tell you my heart today. Today I'm calling our church, everyone that calls Lifehouse Home, to begin 2024 with 14 days of prayer and fasting. So what we do every year to begin the year is we take 14 days and we pray and fast. And so what I'm calling our church to do, what I'm going to be talking about today is prayer and fasting. And, um, these are disciplines type in the word disciplines in the chat section disciplines. These are what, what theologians would call spiritual disciplines. And these are ways for us to cultivate our relationship with God disciplines. And I just want to remind you, because I think sometimes if you grow up in the church or you're somewhat new, you can look at disciplines as being things that are bad, right? Like Disciplines—it's like they're hard, and they, you know, they—they're um, not fun to do, right? And we can sometimes get this mindset because it's hard. Um, we we don't like doing it. And This can especially be true when it comes to things in our in our walk with the Lord. When it comes to prayer or reading the Bible or silence and solitude, but especially when it comes to something like fasting. And really, what I want to encourage you with today, starting off, is that disciplines. At its root, don't save us. So disciplines are not salvation, right? Scripture says clearly, we are saved by grace through faith, meaning that God loves us, died for us, in spite of the fact if we do any spiritual disciplines or not. So God's love for you is not based on what you do for him. His love for you, it says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? Yet disciplines are a way for us as followers of Jesus, as Christians, to invite in the presence of God into our normal, everyday, mundane lives. And that's what I I, want to start this off with. Before we talk about prayer and fasting and the benefits and the purpose and all of that, I want to remind you, and you know what we say at LifeHouse, we do not want to have a have to heart. We want to have a I get to. That's even why we call whenever people want to make LifeHouse home, once they complete Life Track. One of the things we we say is that it, it is the I get to. It's like, we, it's not what we have to do, it's what we get to do. And my heart for LifeHouse in our church is that we would see discipline, spiritual disciplines, prayer and worship and fasting and reading the Bible and silence and solitude and And these sorts of different things, not as things we have to do for God to love us, but things we get to do because we are inviting in God's rule and reign and kingdom and presence into our life. I think it's so vital for us to, as we go into 2024, not just think about what we're going to do financially or what we're going to do relationally or what we're going to do maritally, but to think, what are we going to do when it comes to our spiritual lives. And that's where this 14 days of prayer and fasting and the message today is coming from. And I want to start in the book uh, of Matthew chapter 17 where there's this story about Jesus' disciples. They have a man who comes to them and he has a son who is demon-possessed. And this man comes to the disciples. He hears about Jesus' disciples, how they're praying for and casting out devils and healing people. So this man brings his son to them and he says hey my my son is is troubled and my you can see my son he's acting out and he's convulsing and he's having seizures and he's having these things happen can you help my son and so the disciples go and they pray and nothing happens they try to cast the devil out and it doesn't work and so finally jesus comes up and he shows up and he cast the devil out and 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 the son is then in his right mind and the father is thanking him and then the scripture says in Matthew 17 that privately the disciples came to Jesus and they said why couldn't we drive that specific demon out? Jesus didn't sugarcoat. Jesus was like because you didn't have enough faith. Jesus kind of lays into them a little bit, but it was a teaching moment because what Jesus was trying to do in the context of discipleship back back in Jesus's day was you know they would watch Jesus do things and then they and then you know they, they would ask Jesus they would ask the rabbi questions. So how did you do that? But we couldn't. So they were asking for feedback and Jesus was giving it and he was saying. What you lacked was power. What you lacked was spiritual authority. And what Jesus eventually told them in verse number 21 he says, This kind of battle, this kind of fight that I just won, is only won by prayer and fasting. So, what I want us to start off with today is you probably have things in your life that you have tried in your own human willpower to win. You have relationships you've tried to mend. You have problems you have tried to solve. You've got addictions you've tried to break. You have strongholds that you have tried to loose. But my question is have you incorporated a rhythm to be powerful? A rhythm to have a spiritual power? And what Jesus was telling his disciples and what I believe Jesus is telling you and I and our church, Lifehouse Church in 2024, is that this kind will only come out through prayer and fasting. And what I'm calling our church to, not just in these 14 days, but in the rhythm of our church in 2024, is that we would be a people that pray and fast. Like I said, there are some problems that can only be solved through prayer and fasting. There is some wisdom that can only be gleaned through prayer and fasting. There are strongholds that can only be broken through prayer and fasting. There are some relationships that can only be mended through prayer and fasting. There are levels of intimacy with God that can only be attained through prayer and fasting. And that's what I believe that the Lord is calling our church to, is deeper levels, deeper power, deeper intimacy with God. Fasting wasn't supposed to be the redheaded stepchild in the spiritual disciplines. I mean, I've very rarely met a disciple of Jesus, and I'm including myself in that, that has said, I have a regular rhythm in my life of fasting. And it's something I've struggled with for various reasons. And I think that we would, most of us would say this is not something that we do. And we wonder why many times we don't have the power, the wisdom, the authority that we need. Jesus said it very clearly. He said, not if you fast, but when you fast, Jesus had a regular rhythm of praying and fasting. And as we talked about this year in 2023, Jesus isn't just our Lord, our Savior, he's our example. So I'm calling our church to fast. And when we talk about fasting, it is the refraining of food for spiritual purposes. And I love what John Tyson says because sometimes I think we can misunderstand the difference between fasting and abstaining, right? But the biblical definition of fasting is particularly geared towards food, right? This is what John, John Tyson says. He says, in today's food-oriented context, people are always trying to fast from everything except food. We say things like fasting from social media or fasting from criticizing others or fasting from purchasing clothes. As good and important as these things are, I don't believe they fall into the same category as biblical fasting. They may be useful practices and focuses, but fasting seems to be tied to food. Fasting is replacing physical sustenance with spiritual sustenance. Fasting is designed to reveal our dependence, not just tweak our habits. And so, hey, it is good to abstain from social media. It is is good to abstain from maybe meaningless screen time or scrolling. It's good to abstain uh, from different habits and practices that take up your time and focus and attention and take it off of God. But when we're talking about fasting, what Bi- what the Bible specifically is speaking of is the is abstaining from and fasting from food. Now, I'm now with this fast that we're doing at Lifehouse, we would encourage you to include abstaining from different things from different habits you have practices you have that take away your time and attention and focus like social media or youtube watching or binge watching shows or or something like that so what 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 i am challenging us to do is to not just fast but probably abstain and to not just abstain but probably fast they're both needed and they're both important but really the whole point is what can you do to free up time Free up attention, free up focus to be aware of God and his presence and to free up time. Because it's not just about what you give up or what you abstain from or what food you fast from. It's what do you do with the time that abstaining and fasting from those things creates. Fasting's hard. <laughs> there, there is no doubt. Fasting is difficult. But I want to give you a few thoughts to maybe help you reframe fasting. Because I think what some of us can do is like, you know, John, I'm coming to church. I can do things, but fasting. no, it's like, what, what I want to help you do is to maybe reframe to see not just how hard fasting is, but what some of the benefits are of fasting to maybe help you see from a different lens, a different perspective to see its beauty, its purpose, and its power that it can bring to your life so so let me help you reframe fasting a little bit then I'm gonna talk to you about some of the practical stuff and then we're gonna conclude and I'm gonna ask you to join life house starting January 8th for 14 days where we pray and fast together the first thought is this fasting builds are no muscle fasting builds are no muscle every muscle grows when it's worked muscles don't grow if it just sits there And I don't know about you, but I just have this question, like what what would change in your life if you had the power and the ability to say no to it? And I think one of the best places we can begin to build our no muscle that will then help us have the power and the strength to say no to whatever is by abstaining, by saying no to food. Because I believe if you can say no to food, you can say no to negativity, I believe if you say no to food, you can say no to pornography. That if you can say no to food, you can say no to the cycle of emotional dysfunction that you can normally go on. That there is a chain reaction that when you say no to your flesh and its desire for food, that that gives you a spiritual strength and a spiritual authority to build your no muscle, to say no to other unhealthy things that could take away your focus and your attention from God. Because when you say no to that thing, you say no to that person, no to that desire, no, what you are actually doing is by saying no, you're saying yes to God and his presence. And that actually leads into the second thing where Fasting is actually a time to feast on God. I say it this way. Fasting is feasting. Whereas you are fasting physical food, it is creating a spiritual feast, a spiritual buffet for you to feed on God and his goodness. Fasting is feasting. There's a the story of Jesus. When Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, we know the story. It was right after Jesus had been affirmed by his father for being the son of God. Jesus just had this great experience. And then he says he was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. And on his 40th day, the devil shows up, right? Devil shows up and we can read that story and be like, he was fast 40 days and 40 nights. He was so weak in, in his body. He was so weak. And that is true. His flesh was probably weak. It even says that Jesus was hungry. Thank you, Luke and Matthew, for those incredible details that someone was hungry after not eating for 40 days and 40 nights, right? But physically, he might have been weak, but spiritually, he was at the top of his game. So when the devil came and tempted him and took a rock and said, turn this into bread, Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone. What did Jesus respond with? He, had, he responded with what he had been filling himself up with for those 40 days he was in the desert. He Physically, he was at his weakest. Spiritually, he was at his strongest. He was at that point where he said, Satan, I know I could do this, eat this. I could do it. But no, I, I, I live on the words of what my father has said. That is what is giving me sustenance is God's word not this food that I could eat. He was fasting from from physical food, but he was feasting on the presence of God. This is what I want you to see, that as you fast, you're feasting on God. It's actually creating a table, a space, a buffet for you to feast on more of God through prayer, more, more of God through being in his presence, more of God through being in his presence through worship. And I just want you to see that fasting isn't just depriving, it's actually feasting on God. So fasting helps you build your no muscle, help you to say no, it's the time to feast on God. But thirdly, fasting gives you the gift of exposing what you unhealthily rely on. Fasting is a revealer. It will reveal what you rely on, not just what you rely on, but why you rely on it. Because once you take it away, those feelings come with it as well. I've shared this where, wanted to get serious in the past three months about my fitness and my nutrition so i got a coach and my coach has been holding me accountable and um, when i started i was 197 197 pounds i'm about to end it this coming week and i'm gonna i'm weighing in about 182. so i've lost 15 pounds but it's even just hasn't been the pounds that have come off and the muscles that i have gained which i know you can tell (laughs) but even beyond the physical growth that I have experienced, it has actually been emotionally what the Lord has revealed to me. I had no idea how much of an emotional eater I was, where when I would pour myself out on a Sunday preaching, I'd want to go home and eat everything, right? I wanted to eat my feelings, or when I had a conversation that was draining and was kind of disappointing, I'd want to reach for food to kind of numb the pain, or or. If I was down, you know, if there was something going on in, in the family at home. I would want to go and, and eat this. Eat that. What I was, was actually doing was eating away things and feelings that I could have been dealing with with the Lord. And that's what I've, I've appreciated this time is, is, is of, of being on a disciplined, restrained eating cycle pattern, working, working out. It has shown me how much I unhealthily rely, relied on my old patterns. And this is what fasting will do. It will reveal what you rely on, but not just what you rely on, why you are relying on it. Some of you, it's alcohol. Like you just say, I just need a drink to take the edge off. What if you fasted alcohol for the next 14 days? Would it reveal that you actually taking that drink, isn't just taking the edge off, it's actually being a spiritual crutch for you instead of allowing the Holy Spirit in to be that crutch. Is it food? Is it numbing yourself through electronics and scrolling? What are you unhealthily relying on that is actually being used as a way to keep the Lord, His presence, and His Spirit out of your life? And if you took that thing away, if you abstained from it for 14 days, what it actually reveal to you? It's not just a way to take the edge off. It's actually something, an unhealthy crutch that you have in your life. That's what fasting has the power to do. It has the power to reveal. And what I want to challenge you to over these next 14 days is Not just focus on the practice of fasting, but but focus on what is this revealing to you. Not just what it's revealing, but why you cling so closely to that thing, to that bottle, to that screen, to that food. Why? Because it'll reveal some things about you. That's what fasting has the power to do. It has the power to expose us. Lastly, fasting reorients us to God's nearness and His presence. Fasting has a way of getting us sober. It has a way of reorienting us. It has a way of unnumbing us. It has a way of, of when you have those hunger, when you fast food and you have those hunger pains, you know what those hunger pains become? They become sirens. Those hunger pains can then be used to be like, I'm hungry. It's a siren to pray. Instead of it being, I'm hungry, where's the food? It becomes a, the hunger actually is a cue is a cue to, to lean into God's presence instead of a trigger to eat, right? It becomes a cue to say, God's here. He's present. He's around me. He's within me. He'll never leave me, never forsake me. His presence is right here, right now. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Your hunger becomes a way for you to cue in to the nearness and presence of God. Because let's just be honest. A lot of things in the United States that we have around us that are comforts actually numb us. We're so heavily numbed, (laughs) right? Entertainment. Entertainment. Just think how many hours we spend on the phone and watching things. And in a way, it numbs us to the presence of God that is there. The food, the drink we have. Food, drink, entertainment. Right? And it's crazy how the things that we become numb to are usually the things that are always available to us. And that's what I'm saying. Like the presence of God is always there. Jesus called himself the bread of life, the living water, that he said, come and eat of me, come and drink of me, that I'm I'm available. Those who ask will receive. Those who seek, they'll find. Those who knock the door will be opened. He was saying, I am available. But how many times do we use good things that God created to numb us? And they actually become barriers to accessing the ever near presence, an available presence of God. Fasting has a way of reorienting our desires. I love what John Tyson says. He says, most of our culture is not engaged in a nuanced evaluation of desire. Instead, our culture is mostly driven by two questions. How do I feel and what do I want? These are the mechanisms that drive 21st century civilization. Fasting is one of God's great tools for reorienting our longings away from the flesh and back towards God. All of us have deeply ingrained patterns, dopamine reward mechanisms, and neural pathways centered around a need for physical satisfaction. Fasting breaks these default connections and reorients us toward a greater food, intimacy with, and enjoyment of God. I love what Dan Allender says. He says, fasting from any nourishment, activity, involvement, or pursuit for any reason sets the stage for God to appear Fasting is not a tool to pry wisdom out of God's hands or to force uh, force needed insight about a decision. Fasting is not a tool for gaining discipline or developing piety. Instead, fasting is the bulimic act of ridding ourselves of our fullness to attune our senses to the mysteries that swirl in and around us. Fasting has a way to unnumb us and have us become acutely aware of the presence of God that is there. This is good stuff, family. I, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit right now that the Lord is inspiring you to say, man, I want to not just participate in these 14 days. I, I want to have a lifestyle, a rhythm in my life of fasting. Okay, let me give you some practical thoughts. So that now we're going to get really practical and, and I'm going to give you a challenge and we're done. I want to talk to you just maybe about the practical side of fasting. There's different fasts you can do. We're going to um, when when we, um, if and when you sign up for these 14 days, we're going to send you a prayer and fasting guide. It's going to talk to you about some of the fasts you can do. You can do a full fast where you just drink liquids for 14 days. You can do a Daniel fast where you take out kind of the bread and the you know the sugar and kind of the really unhealthy stuff and just eat vegetables and fruit you can do fast one meal per day you you can do a social you know you can do social 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 media abstination or you know there's multiple ways to do things but what i want to challenge you right now is just give you some practical ways to help you think about fasting in a way that is actually doable number one um start small do something that is attainable right Um, I, i think sometimes we get like these lofty goals, right? And and we're we're like, well, I you know, for instance, you can say, well, I've never run a marathon, so let me just go and run that tomorrow. And it's like, no, you probably need to just start by walking a mile. <laughs> just get off the couch, walk a mile, and that's a start. And that's the way we need to think about this this fasting. Some some of you, instead of saying, I'm gonna do a full fast for 14 days, you might need to just fast one meal per day over these 14 days. Make it something that is small attainable. Maybe for you, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to fast one meal and I'm going to take that time that I would normally spend eating and I'm going to spend it with God and worship and prayer and through, and through the word. And then maybe it's like, you know what? I'm going to also abstain from being on a screen. I'm going to abstain from spending one hour scrolling before I go to bed and I'm going to dedicate that time to the Lord, right? Make it, you know, make it a small step, make it attainable, make it something you can accomplish. But the second thing is this, make it, make sure it's a challenge, do something that is a challenge and it will hurt you a little bit. Or not like hurt you, but it'll you'll feel it. You, you will feel the effect. Because then like we're honest with ourselves. We know what those things are, right? Some of you know if you give up your wine at night, if you give up that shot at night, you're going to be feeling that. Some of you know if you give up that food before bed, if you give up that lunch, it's going to be something that is going to put some good, holy, spiritual pressure on you. It's, it's going to reveal some things. You want to start small, but challenge yourself. But if you start small, you challenge yourself. But let's say you say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try something maybe a little beyond me and it's going to be a challenge. And let's, let's say you, you end up messing up. You end up failing. Listen, if you fall, get back up. If you say, you know what? I'm going to do two meals a day and you only end up doing one. Please do not go, in, go into guilt and shame and condemnation. Please don't fall into that trap of, well, you failed this day. You should just scrap the rest of the fast and just screw it. You've already messed it up. Just just why are you even trying? I just want to encourage you. If you fall a day, get back up and keep it moving. Get back up and keep it moving. I love what C.S. Lewis says about this. He says, after each failure, ask forgiveness, pick yourself up and try again. Very often what God first helps us, towards is not the virtue itself, but just the power of always trying again. And I love that because many times right, we can say, well, I want to be this and be that, and I want to do this for God and do that for God. And really what God is trying to do more than anything isn't just to give you a certain virtue or give you a certain thing. He wants to create inside of you a character. And that's what C.S. Lewis is saying here is, is that if you fall, it's an opportunity to get back up. It's an opportunity to to put in the habit and practice of when you fall, it's not how hard you fall, but how fast you get back up and keep it moving. And that's what I wanna encourage you to do with this fast. Make it something small and attainable, but make it a challenge, make it hurt. And if, it, if you get to a point where you, you fail, get back up and keep it moving and pick it up the next day. Keep it moving, okay? But lastly, make it a daily practice. See, here, here's our heart with this prayer and fasting of the, of this 14 days, that it just wouldn't be a time of 14 days. It would actually be a rhythm that we would put into our lives. So this is what we're going to do. Even after we do the 14 days of prayer and fasting from January 8th until the 21st, actually, we're going to start to make, after that, the prayer and fasting of this 14 days. Every Thursday is going to be a corporate day of prayer and fasting. And we'll be having more information about that because we just don't want this to be just be a season of our church. We want this to be a rhythm in our church, a rhythm in our church, that we're praying and fasting. What could God do in 2024 if you fasted? Even that question is an invitation from God, because all spiritual disciplines are invitations to invite God in so we can have less of us and more of him. And the heart of spiritual disciplines are what could God do? Like we said, God doesn't save you because you participate in spiritual disciplines. He saves you because of what he did on the cross and the subsequent resurrection. But what could God do? How could, what problem could you have wisdom for if you pressed in and prayed and fasted? What relationship could be mended if you prayed and fasted? What stronghold could be broken if you prayed and fasted? What addiction could be broken if you prayed and fasted? Jesus said it himself, only some things will happen if we pray and fast. And we want this year to be the year of breakthrough for you. So I'm asking you, I'm calling us as a church, if you call our church home, I want to invite you to join us for 14 days of prayer and fasting, starting on Monday, January 8th. The way you can join up for this, and by, by signing up and joining up, you will receive daily emails and text messages. We will send you the 14 days of prayer and fasting guide with devotionals and prayer prompts and those sorts of different things um, daily. But we're going to send the prayer guide the first week of January. So if you want to join up with us, I need you to text the word FAST to 757-690-2401. Just text the word FAST and you'll be sent back a prompt to sign up. And I just want to encourage every person that calls our church home, every person watching this, whether you're watching it live or whether you're watching it on replay. I would love to have three, 400 people sign up. I mean, what could God do, not just in your life, but what could God do in our church with a group of people who say, Lord, I'm going to give you a meal. I'm going to give you a few days. I'm going to give you my margin time. I'm going to give you my screen time. How much of the Lord would we invite in? How much of his presence, how much of his goodness, how much more would you be acutely aware that the God of heaven and earth is near you, that we aren't numbing ourselves away with food and drink and entertainment, but we're allowing space for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to fill us. This is what we get to be invited into. So I want to invite you. If you want to join up, text the word FAST, to 757-690-2401. Life House, let's start this year off strong with prayer and fasting of 14 days, and let's see what God can do. Let's pray. Jesus, we just love you. We thank you for today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're calling our church to do. God, you're calling our church to break strongholds. You're calling our church to mend relationships. You're calling our church to break addictions. You're calling our church, God, to have wisdom for problems we can't solve. But I pray, God, that we just wouldn't ask you, but we would do the work. We would invite more of the Lord in. I pray that as we've been invited into this prayer and fasting, God, that we take the invitation, we'd welcome it and we'd say, Lord, I give it to you. Shape me, mold me to be more like you. Thank you for our church. Thank you for what you're doing, individually and corporately. And we thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this 14 days as we fast together. Lord, we love you. I thank you for this church. Thank you for for what you're doing. We need you so much. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with... Just shoot LifeHouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about LifeHouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.